Oh, it's just something they found somewhere. All right. Good evening, everyone. Another edition of 11 Mile Sessions Live. And I am very happy and very proud to have Mr. Tony Muggs with me to join me for an interview. How you doing, Tony? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. That's great. All right. We got lots of things to talk about. We're going to be talking about, um, of course, your music, Dude, The Mugs, um, and, of course, your brand new book. And I still have to figure out how to pronounce that, autobiography? Yeah. If you could, if, if, <laughs> I had to figure out how to say it, too. If you say auto first and then biography, uh, it flows, it, you know, it, it works. So autobiography. Okay. Autobiography. That's that's how I want everyone to pronounce it. Autobiography. Okay, so hopefully that's the hardest part about the book. Is <laughs> yeah. Just pronouncing the, the title of it. <laughs> well, there's the album too, so you're <laughs> you, you know you're doubly screwed. <laughs> but you know you gotta. Uh, it, it's it was worth doing if, for sure. Uh, I'm very proud of both the book and the album, the upcoming album. And I'm sure uh, we'll talk about that, too. You said that's coming up in April, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Why don't we start out with a video of Dude, and we're going to pick the Blue Canary this time. All right. Cool. And, and this this uh, video uh, was produced uh, by Mariah Dallas, mm -hmm. who shares my birthday, December 13th. Uh, and she we, we, we shot this at uh, Pookie Gretch's house. Yep. Oh, at Pookie's house. Yep. Oh, so this cool. is uh, homegrown, uh, and Pookie's in the video, and Danny Muggs is in the video. There's a uh, Stephen Beggars. There's a lot of uh, cool people. Uh, Eastside Elvis, um, Keepman Woodman, uh, and down the rabbit hole we can go. So I just wanted to preface it with that. A lot of friends helped me out on this one. Nice. All right, Cisco, let's do it. Blue Canary. And so is this going to be uh, like a lot live?
<laughs> Mariah's genius. Oh, that is awesome. And those websites aren't even like relevant anymore. And that's how that's how the world keeps on turning. Yeah. You, you can uh, the uh, Bandcamp is actually dudedetroit.bandcamp.com mm-hmm. now. Um, I had to abandon I am dude. Uh, you know. Detroit, uh, because I wanted to streamline everything. Mm-hmm. So everything is dude Detroit, and it's either dude dot Detroit or dude underscore Detroit <laughs> underscore. You know, so it, like one stop shopping. Uh, I'm trying to streamline everything. Oh, you have to nowadays. Otherwise, yeah. people confuse you with somebody else. But um, yeah, yeah. While we were checking out the video, though, we were uh, talking about some very interesting things. Uh, for one thing, uh, we were talking about it is actually the uh, forty. Second anniversary of John Lennon's passing. Yeah, that so bums me out. Um, yeah, I was telling I was telling Scott that the first time I I had a sense of real loss was when I um, the day after he died, it was on the nightly news, and I was almost eight years old at that time, and uh, it it was just the first time I had a heavy heart because I grew up with the Beatles, and mm-hmm. you know every kid. You know, they're just imbued with the Beatles and how cool they are and the songwriting and their personalities. And I really felt a sense of loss for the first time in my life in Mm -hmm. in John Lennon's um, assassination. It it still hurts me, but um, the world keeps on turning. And um, but there for the grace of God goes memories. And, and, you know, we can all celebrate his music. And, uh, you know, life isn't fair, though. No, it's not. But we were both talking about the fact that uh, this is like a psychedelic kind of video. And yeah. it, it kind of reminds you of something the Beatles might have done back then. Yeah. Uh, my good friend, uh, Elliot Moses, always um, heard uh, Wawa, which was uh, George Harrison's solo album uh, in 19, released in 1970. It was a triple album. And the song Wawa is uh, <laughs> a diss on Paul McCartney because uh, Paul was always crying about something, you know. Uh, so, um, you know, it, it it is just, you know, um, uh, like a psychedelic jam, uh, mm-hmm. something from, you know, uh, It's All Too Much, um, or, you know, something of that ilk. Um, but uh, it, it, I guess I'm such a Beatles nut that um, it bleeds through in my music sometimes. Not all the time, but uh, and, uh, unapologetically, because uh, I, I just think the Beatles... They're the best band in the world for a reason, not just because everyone's just willing it to happen or wanting right. to happen. They they are the best for for you know a myriad of reasons. But yeah, well, one can think like how did would have music have happened or occurred is what I'm trying to say if the Beatles didn't exist. I I think uh, in a, a large part, and you know this may be a hot button topic, but I think the Beatles gave permission for a lot of bands to be free and do their own thing. But there has to be like a first band to do it. And the Beatles were always on the cutting edge of being the first to do a lot of things that, you know, people gloss over. But um, there has to be a first. And um, they did a myriad of first things that I think gave permission to other bands. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're, you know, the, the Stones would be as cool as they are if the Beatles hadn't gave them permission to do, like, for instance, her, her Satanic's Magic uh, Majesty request, mm-hmm. um, because every you know, uh, 
uh, Sergeant Pepper came out, and then you know, or the Pretty Things, you know, doing SF Sorrow, you know, yeah. um, they they were you know kind of biting off the Beatles, but it was like, oh, we can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, the Beatles made it mainstream to be kind of uh, off the cuff and just like anything goes, and and so you know, in a in a, in a a large sense that that to me says you know they gave them permission to do that mm-hmm. they gave them world to permission to be cool yeah know? yeah and in many cases they weren't necessarily the first band to do certain things but like you said they made it to where oh it's actually cool to do this yeah, there were there were scenes going on um, on the underground you know they the, didn't invent psychedelia. Yeah, but they made it so popular that um, it it reached uh, a global you know, audience, mm-hmm. and in doing that, it opens doors. You know, right? Same with like having orchestration. You know, would Pink Floyd exist if the Beatles hadn't come first? Yeah, yeah, yep. And would Ravi Shankar be as popular as he was if George Harris? George Harrison didn't put a spotlight on the sitar mm-hmm. in Indian music. Um, yeah. I would say no, um, but you know, so they were they were on the cutting edge, but they were also like humble about it, and you mm-hmm. know that that's just what they were caught up in and they were into. And um, when you're a likable figure, you know people will follow you. And um, I, I just the Beatles were likable, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I've heard a lot of people say that about your music, though, like if they have to describe you and and they're not doing it in a bad way. They're not like dissing you or anything. But if they have to say, you know, something about dude, they say that, you know, it, it's Beatles influenced. Yeah, I guess that's low hanging fruit. Um, you know, nowadays I would say, you know, um, I reference Todd Rundgren. I reference the pretty things. Uh, I reference uh, Love and Spoonful, mm-hmm. you know all the all the bands that are just as relevant that you know you know you don't think of, um, right? But, you know the Beatles, I, I, you know, the four food groups, the, you know the Beatles, the Who, uh, the Stones, and Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it's almost. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying that, that we're not like that. I'm. I'm just saying there. I, I would rather put a spotlight on a band that you've never heard of uh, as opposed of, you know, I used to think, oh, I want to be like the Beatles. Well, of course, I, I grew up with the Beatles. I love the Beatles. I'll always be influenced by them. Mm-hmm. But there are other bands um, that are just as relevant that I'd like to put a spotlight on. Yeah. I mean, it's a very strange analogy, but, you know, you think of something like Sigmund Freud, you know? I mean, he he wasn't the be-all, end-all of psychology, but if he hadn't come around first then what we have today necessarily yeah and yeah. the same goes for the beatles you know the beatles kind of got the ball rolling mm-hmm. so all these other bands that you just mentioned could go oh maybe i can do this maybe i can do that and you know they were they they were they were great uh, but they also had an endless bankroll you know they could live they they lived in the studio and they could mm-hmm. They can make all the mistakes that you'll never hear, and you know the anthology kind of you know points that out. And um, that what amazes me about the Beatles is how, um, if you if you listen to the anthology, especially when it got more into their studio tracks, right? How um, like a, a song like uh, 
everybody has something to hide except for me and my monkey. <laughs> How it, it started, like, come on, come on, come on, take it easy. And then, like, the, the, the amazing final product, how did they bridge that gap? And who stepped in and said, oh, well, okay, it started out as this, but we can imagine it as this. And uh, it just amazes me how mm-hmm. much time it takes to develop that. But, again, when you have the world on your side, every, every, the world was rooting for them, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you take that inspiration and you're like everyone's on my side Uh, of course i'm going to write something interesting and it's going to be great because the the world believes in me and so you know i i I can't discount that either because especially when i feel like um you know people are on my side i I tend to write something more interesting Um, and i i think that's you know in every corner of um, in every aspect of anyone's life, that's that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of where I was going with this. Um, I think one of the reasons why you're still here today after all these years is you have felt like that. You have felt like you know, people are on my side. That I can do this. I can do what I want. You know, uh, and, um, let me start with uh, saying, you know, Danny Muggs. Mm-hmm. You know, when I had my stroke. Um, you know, I, I, I talk about this in my book, but um, I wasn't expected to live. You know, the doctors, everyone thought it was just um, a matter of days until I passed away. How old were you? I was 28. 28? Yeah, and I had a, a massive aneurysm. Uh, it's called an AVM, arterial venous malformation. And I was born with this condition, you know. I it, know what that's like. That That's actually what killed my father. Okay. So. It's a 15, 15, 15% survival rate. And at, at best, they, you know, uh, you know I, my, dad, um, my dad wrote me a letter and I included it in uh, the book. Mm-hmm. It's called A Letter from Frankie. It's my father's name. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the brain, my brain surgeon, when I got transferred from Oakland Hospital, o- Oakwood Hospital to mm-hmm. Henry Ford Hospital, downtown Detroit, you know, just a stone's throw from the Fisher building. Um, he uh, That is the best hospital in the world. Oh, man. And it, it, it specializes in stroke, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Many things. My dad was just asking, you know, cursory questions like, you know, what's the, you know, the prognosis of his recovery? And he's like, you don't understand. If he survives the next couple of days, then we can talk about that. So when, that, when I did survive... Um, and then the next thing was your your son was probably never going to talk or walk again, um, and you know it was just it was that grave it was that dire, um, mm-hmm. and you know and so here is Danny Muggs with his band the Muggs and I'm in it and we're best friends mm-hmm. and instead of saying to me okay we're going to replace you because I'm hot and you know bad luck tone. He, you know, instead he says, there's no mugs without tone. And so he just put the band on a hiatus, and mm-hmm. he waited for me to recover, not knowing that I'd ever, ever recover, because it was that grave. So wow. I got to hand it to Danny. Um, you know, I remind him all the time how much I, you know, I love him, and I appreciate his friendship. And shit, man, Um it, it's not lost on me, you know. That That is a sacrifice that I can never repay, you know. 
So I imagine a lot of that is covered in the book, right? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's covered in the book. Uh, my love for Danny. Um, you know, my harrowing stories. Um, I didn't want to make it. it it's heavy, but I, I wanted to make it light. You so, didn't want to make it too maudlin. Yeah. Yeah. Too maudlin. Um, you know, Danny actually. Um, I, I printed it out before I ever published it, and um, and I just passed it around to dear friends like Danny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when he read it, he one of the things he said to me was, was like, "You you straddle the fine line of pathos." I didn't know whether to <laughs> cry or to laugh at you because like the stories I you know it is heavy, but oh yeah, it's it's kind of like. Uh, I love Kurt Vonnegut and his self-deprecating humor, mm-hmm. and I love Stephen King for uh, his descriptiveness and how he tells a story. Right. So I, I, I just pretended like I, I, it was, I was that writer combined. Mm-hmm. And then, it, you know, in the process, I found my own voice, and I found my own, you know, sense of humor, if we'll call it that. And... um you know, one of the things I did in the book was I italicized phrases and words and proper nouns like John Lennon, for example, mm-hmm. because I wanted you to get a sense of who I am, where I'm coming from, my passion for music, my passion for life. Mm-hmm. What really gets me off is, an, uh, is a, a, a new author. Yeah. And so I, I created a glossary in, in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I'm writing a second book and I'm not going to include a glossary in the second book because it was like COVID was a, you know, a curse and a blessing. Uh, I spent seven months, um, you know, writing the glossary. It, it took me like seven months day in and day out, like hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. And then once you write it, then you have to edit it and make sure it's perfect. Right. And um, so I did, you know, I define, you know, local band, local Detroit bands who, I love, um, you know, bands that are long gone. Like uh, I don't know if you remember the the Atomic Numbers. Uh, f- vaguely familiar, yeah. You know, Timmy McHugh and Matt Elgin, the drummer. Timmy McHugh was the songwriter and guitar player. Zach Ships was the lead guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it just like my heroes, you know. And these are these are bands, and uh, and I'll just. I'll stop there because I can go on and on. But these were bands, local bands, that inspired me and shaped me as a songwriter mm-hmm. and gave me the permission, you know, to, oh, I, oh, I can do that. Oh, my God. Never mm-hmm. thought of that song. Um, and so yeah. I just feel like I'm a kid in the candy store. I can do whatever I want now that I'm old, old enough to realize how to write a good song mm-hmm. or what I think is a good song anyways. Yeah. So after you actually started recovering, you said, okay, I'm, I'm going to get better. Um, how did you get started again? Because I know you originally you played bass guitar like a nor. I, I don't want to say normal person, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you can't insult me, so it's all good. Um, yeah, uh, you know, bass guitar requires two hands. Uh, mm-hmm. So I thought I was F'd in the A, and uh, then something happened, like, uh, I had a conversation with Matt Smith uh, from Outrageous Cherry, mm-hmm. and you know, like talk about a living legend, um, and he he suggested um, that I consider playing the bass 
on a keyboard with my left hand like Ray Manzarek. Um, and that's very unconventional. But um, he, he just, he, he said as much as, like, the mugs are so original. And um, would you consider, and I, I just said, never crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. I'll consider it. And um, so I, I, I assumed that I was young enough to get the use of my right hand back. Well, after a year and like three months, um, it, it was as if like it was day one. It, it wasn't getting any better. Yeah, yeah. And But other things were getting better, which I'm very thankful for. So mm-hmm. um, I was out in California doing a rehab stint. Um, and uh, so if I was going to do this, I, I needed to talk to Danny about it and, and ask, you know, ask for his permission because, you know, when you're a three-piece, you can't hide behind it. You, like I always say, you can't bullshit a three-piece. Mm-hmm. You can't hide behind anything, you know. No, you no, know? you can't. And if I was going to do this, I had to, like, commit myself to it. And Danny, like I asked Danny, and he's like, go for it, man. Like, and so that gave me, he gave me the permission to actually throw myself at it. And, you know, I got a chip on my shoulder the size of Mount Everest. And when I, when I really go for something, when I commit to something, I, I yeah. usually accomplish it. And so that's where well, it started. Well, we're glad you did. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm glad too, because music is important and it's healing and it's, it's powerful. And mm-hmm. I, I try to convey that in my book, you know, uh, there's a little hanging fruit. You know, I, I referenced the Beatles, I referenced the Who, I referenced Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, uh, but there's a deeper level to it, you know, spiritual level. Um, you know, Audra Kubat, uh, you know, I, I had, when I got out of the woods and I was in the hospital and I was in rehab, uh, I was in rehab for about a month and a half uh, downtown at RIM, it uh, stands for Rehabilitation Institute of Michigan, mm-hmm. right on uh, Mac and John R., Okay. Um, and it was it was torturous because the magic stick was just like two blocks away. Oh my God! Yeah, constant reminder, huh? Yeah, and and it was it was tough, but you know I had CDs. Um, you know I had like probably fifteen CDs uh, that I had, in like in my you know my walk or my disc man, mm-hmm. and I'd fall asleep to uh, music every night. And one of those CDs was. Uh, um, you know, local artist uh, and folk musician, Audra Kubat. Hmm. And her okay. music, uh, you know, I, I, I talk about her in my book. Mm-hmm. And I'm also having her as a guest reader. Um, um, so just, you know, as an aside, um, I'm doing my first book reading and signing on December 20th. It's a Tuesday at 7 o'clock. It's starting at 7 o'clock. And um, I have guest readers, and one of the guest readers is Audra Kubat. Mm-hmm. And um, and and so her music, I was always a fan of her music, and she has like powerful healing songs, and and I pay attention, you know, I I, you know, I'm a kid, like I'm a a five year old kid when I'm listening to her, and I, you know, I believe every I'm hanging on every word she says, and mm-hmm. that's how powerful <clears throat> music is to me, and um, so I, I just, you know, getting back to original question you know it was that important for me to get back into music any way I could mm-hmm. and you know I was I was cognizant of the fact that like hey man what do you do? like 
who like there's always two roads you can go down and or two voices you can listen to there's the voice that says you're going to do it and then then there's the voice that says who are you kidding you're a fucking fraud yeah. you know mm-hmm. you can't do this like mm-hmm. everyone's going to be staring at you you're a freak yeah. and i had to you know i turned my back on that that second voice and i'm like okay you you're saying that i can't well you just gave me permission to say i can mm-hmm. and that's kind of like I've always turned my back on that voice mm-hmm. and said, okay, I'm going to do something extraordinary. And I don't care if anyone's paying attention. I'm just going to do it because I know it's the right thing to do and because music is important. You're doing it for you. Yeah. And hopefully I can trick the world and fool the world <laughs> and everyone follows me and everyone, you know, at some level, everyone, you know, respects, at least respects what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, you can't satiate anyone these days. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not expecting to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm satisfying myself first, and then hopefully yeah. I can inspire, like, uh, you know, a peaceful, peaceful riot. You know, <laughs> you know. I think you've done an amazing job, Tony. Uh, I mean, thanks, seriously, you have. You know, there's people that are, you know. They get they become popular or big just because they're in the right place at the right time, you know. They they just look perfect. They got the right uh, fashion. They got the right look, you know, and all that other stuff. You really actually had to work at it, not the not just the first time, but the second time <laughs> after the stroke. You know, you're like, yeah. oh, what the hell do I do now? <laughs> yeah, I remember telling my mom. Um, this is a seminal moment in my life. This is probably two years after my stroke, and, you know, okay, so I'm out of the woods, and uh, I made two things very uh, evident that I was going to chase down music and my rehab, my, my physical well-being. Yeah. And I remember telling her that, you know, I want to be a musician, and and what what possibly could she be thinking? Like, all right, like, Tony, you're fooling yourself. You're like... And but she didn't. She didn't say. She never leaned on me and said, "Well, don't you think that's about time where you get a real job, mm-hmm. or you know, you got to start contributing?" Um, you know, I was living rent free, and she was just letting me figure my shit out. Uh, and I'll, I, I can never thank her enough, and my my uh, my second dad Gary, for letting me figure it out in my own time, and not leaning on me and saying like you, you know the clock's ticking you really should get a job you know you can't live here forever they never said that they were just always loving and supportive mm-hmm. and e- even as far as like giving up a little bit of their space in their like modest ranch house so that I could feel like I'm a part of things you know yeah. with my practice space and um, you know and eventually you know having uh, rehearsals down in the basement for several years. Um, so I, I just I just feel like I have so many people that to thank, and I can never repay fully. I, I just, you know, you, at, at some point you, you just have to thank them and, and earn it by being, you know, exactly what I want to be, which is a musician mm-hmm. and now an author. And... Hopefully an inspirational figure. I, I think this book is important, and not to get sappy, but 
you know, people need to hear, like, there's so much negativity out in the world and polarization Mm -hmm. because of social media and political, you know, tribes. And I want to, you know, be somebody that unites and inspires, you know, and, and you can do it. Like, like, follow me. It's not perfect. Life isn't perfect. But if you believe in yourself and you have good people around you, um, you can accomplish anything. And, you know, I'm, I guess I'm the poster child. I want, I want that my message to be heard to the world because I believe it, it's, uh, it's potent. And, yeah. you know, and it can make people, it can make people's lives better, you know. Wow. Sounds like a powerful story and a powerful book. Yeah, I'm the, the guy with all the cliches. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a cliche. It's, it's, it's real stuff. And um, if there's anybody that um, can give Danny sainthood, he deserves it. Oh, he does. Um, yeah, I can never repay him for what he did to me. That act of selflessness is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's my best friend, you know, and I'm proud to call him my best friend. He'll always be my best friend. It's nice. So you were mentioning a little bit ago about a, a reading. It's on the twentieth. You said, "Where's that at?" It's at Kaju Cafe. Um, okay. You know, of course, the Kaju is has been such a an important, you know, bar restaurant in my life. Uh, I wor- worked there. You and Danny. <laughs> yep, me and Danny. Uh, and I worked there when I was fifteen and sixteen, and then I started drinking there when I was nineteen. Um, <laughs> but we won't tell anybody, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, this is just between you and I. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, Danny and I came up. Uh, There's this uh, thing called the Hoot Nanny on Sundays, and you know, people like Audra Kubat. Uh, you know, Audra and I cut our teeth exactly at the same time. She was leagues ahead of me in terms of talent and songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I remember, you know, the, the hoot nanny on Sunday evenings being really important. And, you know, Danny and I were in softball and, you know, we'd, we'd play, have our softball game and then we would uh, go to the Kaju and mm-hmm. we were scared to death. This is the first time we're ever picking up our instruments um, for real and trying to come together as a co- cohesive unit. Right and emote and hmm. you know and it, you know Beatles covers and I wish I could have been there. Oh man, it was great. It was a it was a hotbed of talent uh, on the east side, and so I I just wanted I I'll always support the Kaju um, through even new ownership. Um, John Rutherford is the new owner, and he's he's a musician. Mm-hmm. And um, for those who you don't know him, he's uh, MotorCityHorns.com, and he—that's his company, and he's been with uh, Bob Seger's band, with his, the Motor City Horns, and that's his company for several years. Uh, mm-hmm. I think ten plus years. So he's the horn section. You know, he is a trombonist, and he, um, he's got—he's m- more than that too. But you know, now he's a bar owner, and he's just made the Kaju like a compound like uh, he's expanded during the time of covid he expanded it to like 5000 square feet um he blocked off some of the parking lot and made it into that the whole uh, outside the, area yeah, yeah the beer garden that it is now mm-hmm. 
and he gutted the uh, garage and made it into a bar. Like so, I mean, uh, what a vision! And mm-hmm. the old ownership was awesome too. Um, you know, Paul Mazzaraca and Ron DeVos. Ron DeVos, as a matter of fact, he's an artist. And um, for those who know, like the classic mugs logo, the like the silhouette that you know, mm-hmm. there's like four T-shirt logos, and the the one with the silhouette with the three. The three guys. Yeah. Um, that's Ron's art, and he just came out with a book. He's a uh, newly, uh, he's a new author. He's a horror author, and uh, his book is called Nothing Dies. And I encourage anyone who's listening to pick that up on Amazon because mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, supports your local guys. But it's a smart book. It it, it smacks up Stephen King. Uh, Josh Mallerman promotes it, and you know. Josh, yeah. And. Uh, Another you know, famous detourator. I know. Uh, I mean, in so um, there's a lot of history that goes in the kaju, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's not lost on me. So I wanted to bring it back to where it all began. Yeah. And uh, I got um, DJ uh, Jakar Sar, who is uh, Michael Tulip from The Henchman, Mikey okay. Hench. He's going to be DJing, mm-hmm. and. Um, I have nine guest readers. I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and introduce myself and mm-hmm. probably read the prologue. Okay. And then I'm gonna get uh, guest readers up there. Um, Eddie Baranek from the Sites and the Scrappers. Mm. Sterling Silver, the you know Detroit socialite. Uh, yeah. We all Sterling. Yeah. <laughs> Audra Kubat. A uh, couple guys from uh, Max Saturn, uh, Carson and Nick. Mm-hmm. The, the the you know singer songwriter. Carson and um, Nick is the uh, rhythm guitar player and the songwriter from Max Saturn. Yeah, great friends of mine. Stephen Tuthill from uh, you know Stephen Beggars from the Beggars. Yes, my cousin Annie, who I, I just adore. Um, uh, there's a, a couple more. I, I wish I, I would have wrote these down, but um, you, you get the you get the point. Um, yeah. So that's December twentieth. Yeah, the Cadu starts at seven p.m. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, well, uh, there's going to be, like, Mike's going to be DJing before, uh, and then he'll stop at 7. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll do the, the reading, all nine readers, mm-hmm. and then the signing. And then hopefully, you know, it's not too loud where he can DJ and I'm signing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're just going to take it to 11 p.m., and uh, it'll be a celebration. Um, and Mike... Mikey of life Hench. and music. Yeah, and Mikey Hench can spin whatever the hell he wants because because <laughs> he, he's Mikey. Yep, yep. <laughs> he, yeah, um, yeah. So there's that, and then I have to mention that um, I've been hard at work. Uh, um, I always thought that I was going to release the 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 book and what's called like autobiography to the album mm-hmm. um, together, right? As a package unit, but um, D- Danny Muggs. Um, we had a talk during COVID. We used to get together, and, you know, and just have a few pops. And um, he 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 said, you know what, Tone, I appreciate that you want to release them together, but you know, I, I would like you to think about releasing the book first and then the album, you know, later. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why. Um, and he's an avid reader. Um, he's a smart man. And he read this book called Dear Theo, and it was a collection of letters from um, Vincent Van Gogh to his brother Theo. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
And he said, after reading this book uh, of all these collection of letters from Vincent Van Gogh to his brother Theo, he, he couldn't see Vincent Van Gogh's art the same way. It, like, it enhanced it. Yeah. It made it greater because now he knows, he has insight into who the man is mm-hmm. um, personally. What went into his art, yeah. So, you know, in the same breath, he said, you know, maybe you, you want to consider this because now the reader will get to know your sense of humor, your passion for music, your struggles, um, how, how much you love life. And it, it really made sense. It, you know, if it was a bullshit reason, I would have said, yeah, yeah, I'll think about it. But it really resonated with me. And mm-hmm. so I decided to release the album Autobiography uh, in, in April now. Okay. And so I'm going to, you know, have vinyl and uh, the the song that we just heard, the video we just saw, um, Blue Canary, mm-hmm. is actually going to be on a 45. So there's going to be a 12-inch, a 45 insert, and a poster. Oh, nice. 11 by, like, so I'm, I'm, really Old throwing, school. I'm really throwing the kitchen sink at this, uh, yeah. you know, to, uh, to coin a phrase from Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also going to have um, CDs and cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think this is... You know, looking, looking for like, um, looking at this as a whole, this is the best product I've ever released, and I'm really proud of it. It, you know, anyone like for the for 13 people that know of kid gloves, <laughs> including you, this <laughs> yeah. is this is gonna be, <clears throat> this is gonna eclipse kid gloves, and I I I think this is my classic rock album. You know. Um, it's psychedelic, it, you know. The first, the first side of it is like all pop, mm-hmm. pop songs like power pop, yeah. and then the second side is like psychedelic. And I end with what I would coin as a Beach Boy song um, mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, my mom's passing, uh, tomorrow's promise to no one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, there's a little bit of everything. It takes you through a journey of, uh, and you know, I write from a personal perspective, uh, personal experiences. Right. So it, it does jive with you know the book and the album. There are some crossovers. Uh, for example, chapter thirteen of my book uh, was the chapter that starts when I had my stroke, hmm. and I take you through that whole day. And it was it was really heavy for me. And I I, I titled it "Tomorrow's Promise to No One" because I wrote that this song about my mom's passing, "Tomorrow's Promise to No One," because mm-hmm. my mom always used to say that. You know, in other words. You have to respect people and love people every day because it could be the last day, you know, because tomorrow is promised to no one. And, you know, boy, don't I know it. And uh, she uh, she was always, you know, one step ahead of me. (laughs) You know, know, she's trying to. Moms usually are. I know. (laughs) You know, I miss her dearly, but um, she she was uh, a a good woman um, and a wise woman. And, you know. I didn't realize it at the time because I was just going through my misery. But um, uh, we can understand that one, though. Yeah, you know, I, I'm always striving for perfection, but it, I, I don't think that's um, it's achievable. You know, you just have to be the best you can be in the moment. I think that's the meaning of life, if you ask me. Yeah, you it, know, it's that constant trying to be better. And maybe that is perfection, just the trying to be, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, it's uh yeah. So um, um, 
Yeah, so the album, um, um, so that was Danny's explanation of why. And so I, I, I listened to him, and, um, and I think that's, that was the right call, you know. Okay. And so, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, the, the release party is going to be at the Magic Stick. Mm-hmm. On Saturday, April fifteenth, and uh, of course, dude's going to headline, which is kind of like tax day, so that's easy to remember. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Audrey Kubat is going to open up the show, uh-huh. and then uh, one of my new favorite band—well, they've been they've been my favorite band for a while—but John Salvage and the New Twenty Saints—they're mm-hmm. just amazing rock band. Yeah, they're going to go on after Audra, and then uh, my buddies mm-hmm. Hand Grenades, mm-hmm. Nick and Nick and Andrew and, and Jesse. Um, they're just amazing. Um, they're, then they're on, and then, dude. And I w- I'm hoping that I can do the album in its entirety, you know, like chronologically from song one to song 11, yeah. and then, you know, pepper in some songs that uh, I'm already tracking my third album, and, uh, you know, I've written songs for my fourth album, so uh, hopefully they'll they'll be included too. Um, and then, you know, let's have some drinks and, and you know, celebrate the night. Sounds like a good time, man. Yeah. So we got lots to look forward to. We got the uh, reading on December 20th at the Cadu. We got April 15th at the Magic Stick. And the book itself is available right now as we speak, correct? Yes. It's, uh, I have, uh, I had to make a dot com. Um, and it, it, you know, I, it kind of sounds self-serving on a local level. Um, but, you know, for people, you know, I, I want to be a world figure, not just a local figure. So who who am I? You know, so I had to make a dot com mm-hmm. um, just to explain a little bit about my history and about the book and uh, about the four bands. I mean, so that it's uh, the Mugs and Dude mm-hmm. and Rattlesnake Shake, which is my Peter Green Fleetwood Mac tribute band, and Megawege, which is my Ween tribute band. Yes, and. Um, you know, I have a. I also have a news page and how to contact me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at at the top of the homepage, there is a link to how you can get my book on Amazon, and it's it's uh, released in hardcover mm-hmm. and paperback. But yeah. they're both the same size, so they're coffee book table, um, like coffee book reading books. So um, they're the same size, about a uh, eight and a half by eleven, the size of a notebook. It's pretty thick. Yeah. Um, but you can also get, if you're like a tablet reader, uh, I haven't come out with a Kindle yet or an audiobook, which I intend to. Yeah. But uh, if you're interested, uh, I'm selling a PDF. And with the PDF, I sweeten the deal because um, I'm Merch Griffin. And um, <laughs> yeah. If, if, if you buy the PDF, it comes with a limited edition poster of the. Um, the uh, cover art, the book cover art, mm-hmm. you know, in an 11 by 17 format. So if you can imagine the the back cover, the spine, and the front cover in a 11 by 17. And so if you want to print it out and have me sign it, or if you just want to frame it, um, but that's only if you buy the PDF. Um, okay. It's only available if you buy the PDF. Um, so I'm just trying to make it interesting and you know, what mm-hmm. would Jack White do? You know, he's always doing something <laughs> interesting and one-off yeah. kind of, like, thing, like merchandising things. And uh, I, I pay attention, you mm-hmm. know. So uh, that's uh, – if you if you visit TonyMugs.com on the homepage, it's right on top. And, it, yeah. you know, you can order that today just in time for Christmas. There you go. <laughs> A stocking stuffer. 
All right. Well, it looks like we're out of time here. All right. We got a band coming up in just a few minutes. Thank you so much for coming down to talk with me, Tony. It it actually exceeded my expectations. I thought it was a great conversation. Hope you did. Hope you thought the same. Yeah. uh, You know, we're old friends, and I I love that you still invite me uh, uh, to do uh, interesting things like this. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just. uh, Support your local bands, support your local artists. Because there's a lot of great music out there. Please yep. support your local music. You know, I mean, you can go ahead and spend 500, 600, 1600 now I've seen and to see some of these bands now at these big arenas. But seriously, yeah. you know, you could see um, a band, well, three bands like every week for the rest of the year for less than that. <laughs> Yeah, and good bands at that. You know? Oh yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, I'll be at Outer Limits uh, on Saturday to see Milk Bath and Tinfoil. There you go. You know, so so I, I smile when you said it earlier, but we're going to finish off. Um, this is this should be great inspiration for someone who didn't think that we're going to survive to see another day and continue to be a musician for what another extra. It's been at least twenty years now. Uh, yeah, I, I um, just uh, celebrated my twenty first. Birthday in terms of stroke years. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my all-time favorites. You already know this. We're gonna do um, the video for uh, Rattlesnake Shake, and that's how we're gonna finish off the hour. All right. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much, Tony. Right. You hear that, Cisco? All right. <laughs> Man, if you like to ride. Be around for a few. Baby, think you like to roll. And make me all digging more. Shaking a while. When it's time to crash. When I get home at night, I gotta shake it myself. Come 
one. one. How are you doing? Good evening. We're, we're great. We're excited to be here tonight. All right. All right. Yeah. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm hanging, hanging in there. In there. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for having us come out. Oh, well, my pleasure. Yeah, you know. It's really exciting. For us, this is the first time we perform live in three years. Really? really? Yeah. 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 We three years. Three years. We uh, we were just beginning a recording process when COVID mm-hmm. happened and that shut everything down like everybody else. All right. Whose fault was it? <laughs> <laughs> so like over the three years, we've been getting together and we've been running through our sets. but Right. But getting together all at the same time and all yeah. that good stuff. I'm like, let's just jump in. Let's do I it. I tell you, nothing <laughs> has made me more, um, what can I, how am I? trying to put this more grateful that music exists yeah definitely going that couple years without being able to go see live music yes. hear bands and oh man yes. Yes. we could go on and on about that we could. We really could. it really does give a lot of good material for songwriting too yeah that it? that too oh, that too you yeah. know, and we, we thought we had it uh, good when we, you know, those breakup songs, right? You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the pandemic has got that right. beat by a mile. Exactly, <laughs> they raised the bar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what would you like to start with? Uh, we're going to start with a song we call "Woman." It's probably our uh, our most, I don't know, risky song. Risque or Ris- risky? Risque. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Thank you. Woman, I like the way you Scream my name 
Okay. <laughs> you caught me off guard there. It was like, oh, it's done. <laughs> we like those endings. We like the abrupt endings or the yeah. unfinished endings, right? Unlike those like classic rock and roll songs where they just keep going on. Some of those are good Until too. Until they're finally on the floor going. So let's make sure we speak into the microphones, of course. Uh, why don't you introduce yourselves? Go around the room. All right. Well, I'll start with me. I'm Who Mandy. Uh, I'm Mandy. I'm the lead are singer. Are you Mandy? <laughs> I thought I was Mandy. <laughs> okay. Well, it would make more sense if you sang woman, but, no, Mandy. you know. <laughs> so Go you're Mandy. I am Mandy. Mm-hmm. Go right ahead. I am Joe on guitar. Okay. <laughs> Jason, on hit your microphone, man. Turn it on. It is on. Can you hear? Oh. <laughs> Just barely. Just right. That's why we hide him in the back. Well, that's not me, though. <laughs> that's why we hide oh. him in the back. Ah, okay. Makes nice. sense. Seen but not heard. So, what was your name again? Um, Jason, and I'm Jason. on Better Days. I'm on drums. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Kyle, obviously on bass. Yeah. Okay. Probably his last time with us, too. I know. We're very sad he's leaving us. Why? Uh, my wife and I are expecting a baby, so. Hey. Woo! That's the old. Isn't that the oldest band excuse there is? You know, Somebody had a family. kid. The I band broke up. <laughs> wife's having a baby. I gotta quit the band. Yep. I mean, come on, you know. In fairness to Kyle, he lives in Ohio, so he was already commuting up to meet us up here in the in the Down River community, and then. I was committed. It's just yeah, yeah I know. A too much. L- you, life has you other. You need to be committed. <laughs> you're <laughs> right? coming up all the way from Ohio to play here. <laughs> and yeah. You're a Lions fan. I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love the Lions. And the, and we won't Buckeye. talk about the other teams he follows, but <laughs> Wait, Lions, yes. Ohio State too, right? I, I am. Ohio so we won't State. talk Man, about the other teams that he follows. <laughs> Toledo and Ohio State. <laughs> all right, you're out of here. Go right. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. See ya. That's the real reason why he's out of the band. Right. How can you be from Ohio and be a Lions fan? <sighs> They're the closest team from Toledo, though. Like, we're right on the line there. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, just me and my best friend growing up, like, we just, that's something we did together. And we just have a lot of memories. And that's kind of more just for our friendship then. You had some favorite players or? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, DeAndre Swift. I love Penny Sewell, mm-hmm. uh, right tackle. He's a beast. Wait a minute. Like- Hutchinson's look great this year. Like for the Lions this year, or like in the past, man. Like Barry Sanders. Everybody man. loves. Come I on. grew up watching Megatron, so he was the real deal back then. Yeah, he's wow. a little too young for Sanders. I he's am a, a, he's a pop, Barry he's Sanders. Just a young the young Michael man. Jordan football. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God. I agree. Yeah, you know, this Human is usually reel. the part in the conversation where I like leave the room. <laughs> and I'm like, we're not talking <laughs> hockey, so I'm, I'm out. <laughs> well, what would you like to talk about, oh, Mandy? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it, and I'm the only girl in the band. I'm used to it. They don't talk hockey, so, you know, I can talk hockey all day long, right? Well, right. who's your favorite hockey team, then? Oh, the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. that's a all given, right. yeah. <laughs> all right, that's no cool. Well, you sound like you come from a different, wide variety of uh, backgrounds there. That's cool. All right, so who are we going to replace this guy with, then? I don't know. If anybody's looking for a band, we need a bass player. <laughs> Right at this point, it's kind of like. But we, we love doing, Kyle, like. and he's always welcome you to just be a part. Watch this video five, how five, to play five. the bass right. for the band. <laughs> one two one two. <laughs> if you would like to Numbers play bass for on your no screen. Sin, <laughs> <laughs> 
That's Operators awesome. are standing by. But you can hit us up on one of our social media pages if you're local and you need a band to join. You know, there you go. We're looking. <laughs> All right, let's do another one. All right. The song is called Rainy Day. It's a lot different than the last one we did. Yeah, this one makes me a little bit nervous. Why? Because it's been three years since we played out. <laughs> yeah, this one's just like, uh, I, I get like a everything. brain fog over this one for some reason.
so before the actual like three year like hiatus, how long you guys been together? Well, all right, Jason. When did you join the band, man? I know, right? I joined in 2017. Okay. Right. So it's been five years with and Jason. I joined, and then they were like, hey, we've got a show in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. is that all? Two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Summer, yeah. So it's it. like, no problem. Yeah. Tri uh, trial by fire, or you know, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. So. so. Yeah, we threw him to the wolves. We yeah. really did. Yeah. Kyle had it easy. Like, he came in and, like, you know, Ky nothing Kyle, was... In all fairness, Kyle cheated because he knew our stuff a little bit before yeah, he joined true. the band. I did, yeah. Yeah, talk yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, was it 2021? When did 20, I... 2020, right? Because it? it was... It's COVID. all a blur. It was like, right before like, COVID when we went into the The last studio. two, well, three years now, was all a blur. I yeah. Mean. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I initially joined to uh, just kind of be a session guy to help complete their CD. Mm -hmm. And then, at the time, no baby. So they're like, hey, we're looking for a bass player. I'm like, and you then guys... you wouldn't fuck that up, didn't you? One hundred percent. It was planned. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, so I initially joined just to kind of fill in, help them finish their mm -hmm. album, and then uh, they're like, hey, we need a bass player. I'm like, yeah. I like what you guys are doing. So yeah. as you can hear, it's great so this, stuff. So this year you officially joined, and yeah. So, so, so the so deal. The deal was that you're going to name your firstborn NSIE, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jason. Definitely. Jason. Definitely. Hit your kick. And Joe and I have been together since 2011 playing music. Mm -hmm. and, and then just over, over time. Over time. With our 37 former bandmates. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. No, it feels like it. I'm well, number 37, by the way. <laughs> Pretty much. You should have worn 37 right here. I didn't Sad. See, we watched this as Final Tap recently, so that reference the really, first time. really hit me ah. deep because I'm like, yeah, it feels like 37. So, so. how many bass players have died since these? <laughs> oh. well, we've Drummer, lost drummers. Baby. We've had, so I've had, yeah, we've had, he's our, he's my fourth. I've had three die. Well, and then, uh, that's a great, we, we have someone that are still alive. That, <laughs> we do, though. We do, I think we do. Right? We do. We do have some former drummers that are living. I don't remember now. But you're like three or four in bass players, so, you know. I think okay. it's more than None that. of them died. Sounds no. Good. That's good. No. That's good, that's good to know, <laughs> isn't it, Kyle? Glad you asked. Yeah, but he's leaving anyway, there's, there's so. always the first time. <laughs> Any plans to come back after things settle down, you know? Um, I mean, we've kind of discussed maybe some songwriting. Yeah, that'd be um, great. That would be pretty awesome. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's a blast playing with these guys. So. Okay. It's not an easy decision to make. Oh, we know. We're well, just gonna, know. We have to give you a hard time. We, we enjoyed playing with Kyle, yeah. and he's really talented on bass mm. and on guitar. And, yeah. you know, to lose him is sad. It's terrible. But we'll, and heartbreaking. continue on. I mean, you know, we're back out after three years, so now we have to, right? And we have an album mm. coming out, so. Uh, when does it come out? So uh, we're looking to release in March. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a definitive date yet. We kind of, you know. Loosely. We're loosely in March. Okay. So that's what we're, we're, we're pushing to the end of March. You know, I have to ask this too. Yeah. When you say album, do you mean CD, vinyl, cassette, like all of the above? <laughs> yes, bring back cassettes. I still have <laughs> that one would in be my fun. car. Right, that would be Eight track. Yeah. Um, but CD, uh, CDs, yeah. I would we'll love to do vinyl. More than likely. Yeah. 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 More than likely. yeah. He would love to do vinyl. Yeah. And of course, there's the streaming. Spotify and yeah, uh, the downloads and that'll be available and 
Yeah, I know. Don't I know. let me go there. I still play CDs. Every day in my car, I play CDs, okay? I'm 100%. probably one of five How do people. you play CDs now, though? I have an older car. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was saying. It's like, okay, I've got a computer, can't play a CD. Nope. I have a car, I can't play a CD. Wait, we still have, have a tape deck. Yeah, I still have a tape deck, so I can play cassettes, too. Where oh, the yeah. hell do you have that? It's underneath the CD player. <laughs> That's how we get. Oh. That's how we can hook up to things like Spotify. So you car. have one of those old school things. Oh yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> We're going back a few years. Oh yeah, damn. But it runs. So it runs. It CDs runs well. It works. I'm sure it does. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All but right. we'd love to have vinyl. We definitely. Something we talk about. If nothing else, for ourselves. You know, if you know where to look, in fact, uh, we're supposed to have a plant coming soon where we can actually make them for you. Oh. It's not so much the expense right now. It's waiting for the damn things. Yes. Oh, yeah. Supply. You know? It's like, well, we can make one for you by 2024, you know? <laughs> no, that's the truth. That's what I noticed, too, when I was just beginning to look to see, okay, what's cost, but also, like, availability, how do we? How long is it going to take? And I noticed that, too. It was pushing into next year. And, what? <laughs> but that's everything, it's though. Just, Supplies are... Yeah. They're, mm. they're tricky these days. So. COVID messed final. everything up. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, so you and I. You and I. I can read upside down. Hey, hey. that's a skill. <laughs> <laughs> you and I is a little, I don't know, it's a little darker. Is it? Yeah, would you, I would say it's a darker song. I don't think it's darker. Well, let's play it and find out, right? I guess. We'll decide. You and I. Are you ready? Hi.
It didn't seem that dark to me. No. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like happy, happy, no, but you know, happy, happy. but no, it wasn't like, happy. oh God, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not, I know, dark music necessarily, but subject matter is always easier to write heartbreak, right? Yeah. 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 Loneliness, heartbreak, and yeah, angst. Angst. Yeah, angst. I like it. Angst. I like how you did that, Kyle, toward the end. You oh, were like you. actually matching her vocals with the. Yeah, I was really excited because it was her idea. So I was like, I just listened to it over and over and just started matching pitch. But yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was a really cool opportunity to record that too. Yeah. Nice. So yeah. that is on the it new is. CD. Yep. It cool. is. So far, to... the first three songs we've done are on the CD. Are going to be on the CD. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I did. I'm curious, Joe. Why uh, just acoustic only, not uh, lead? I don't know. That's a good question. Because um, I won't let him switch. No yeah. one's ever asked you that? Or? No, uh, we've always had lead guitars here and there. Um, and my the thing I've always wanted was the acoustic rhythm and then having a lead guitarist that mm-hmm. fills in. And on the album, that's how it is. There are some songs with some lead guitar in there, yeah. 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 So, oh, so we're not getting the full. You're not. We're not getting the full. No, we're missing that too. So again, hit us up social media. Yeah. So you, <laughs> we you, you want guitar. us to buy that CD now, don't you? Yeah. See, this see is our this is our stripped down version. Yeah. <laughs> see yeah. how that works. And I lo- see. I just love him on, on acoustic. I just mm-hmm. there's something about the sound of an acoustic. Oh yeah, you got a really good guitar. That reverb sound, you know. Of course, he's trying to burrow a hole in his, but <clears throat> it's loved. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah. That was it's okay, because when you need weeks. a new one, we can go to Mike Carey Music in Windout, <laughs> Michigan, and plug in for him, because I'm telling you we what, love Mike Carey. he is a musician's friend. He mm-hmm. has Takes care us of us up with everything. So every time. We're like, we're going to make sure. So Mike Carey Music, Windout, Michigan, Ward <laughs> Street, awesome guy, awesome deals. That yeah. wasn't a plug, by the way. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> we get everything. We get, we get everything that? for Mike, I tell you. No, we love Mike. Yeah, so. we do. We love Mike. <laughs> yeah. So I'm interested in this one, Detroit right. City. So hmm. this this one's not on the album, um, but we figured, you know, we live outside of Detroit, and we're mm-hmm. north of Detroit now, but Detroit City is just an awesome place to go and an awesome place to be these days, and and uh, probably one of the best places for music you will ever go in your entire yeah. life. And we know so many great bands from the Detroit area. So, you know, I mean, I try to explain that to people sometimes. You don't realize it's like the people that play in Detroit, most of them are from Detroit. Right. Right. You know, like Nashville people, they're not right. born in Nashville. Right. Austin people, they're not in Austin. No. You know, et cetera, et cetera. I know. But when you, when you say techno, Motown, yeah. Iggy and the Stooges, and the list goes on and on. You oh, know, yeah. It's like, holy crap. I know. This it's... all came from one little city. Yep. I know. Yep. I know. And, you know, everybody, anybody <clears throat> can be a Nashville recording artist. but Oh, yeah, you just go there and record. Now okay. you're a Nashville recording artist. You know, right. so. But uh-huh. we're from the Detroit area, and, you, you know, we, we're proud of it. So we wrote this song, Detroit City, a little, little love. For the city and sure. in the city, I guess. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right. <laughs>
Detroit City. Detroit City. All right. Where'd you folks grow up, anyway? So, uh, South Detroit. No, South, South of Detroit. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Yeah, I mean, we... I, Kyle, let's start with you, because I think you're the only one who didn't really... Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I grew up in Temperance, Michigan, so Bedford... Oh, no, then you're not. I'm yeah, I'm... Michigan. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> He's the furthest which, south. Which, that's how you say it in the Midwest. You don't say miles. You say, how many minutes away are you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 45 minutes. Yeah. Ah, yeah. okay. What about you, Jason? What about you, Jace? Um, I grew up a little town called Carlton, like north of Monroe, just a little bit north Carlton? of Monroe. Carlton? Yeah. I'm familiar, yeah. Okay. Nice old town, you know? Yeah, small. Real old school. One, like one, tra- one traffic light. Like Mayberry, Mayberry <laughs> RFD kind of thing. Right, right. <laughs> how about you? Uh, uh, Woodhaven. I'm complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're all over complicated. <laughs> Women always are, right? Sorry. Pretty much. <laughs> hey, I can't take the credit for that one. That's my parents, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so he's Woodhaven. Woodhaven. I started in Woodhaven. Woodhaven Trenton. You know. Yeah, I started in Woodhaven. A little bit of Taylor, a little bit of Lincoln Park, and then ended up in Garden City, and that's where I graduated from. So, hmm. yeah. See, I'm complicated. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, Michigan. We love downriver. I mean, we do. Well, yeah. You you moved to Ohio, so my sister-in-law lived in uh, Royal Oak, so we were up oh, here a okay. lot for dinner and stuff. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal places to eat around here. Yeah, like it's it's yeah. really good. I have a coworker. Here. I think that you can basically down the road. walk out the door and find yeah. fifty yeah. restaurants right now. Oh yeah, within walking distance. Yes, mm-hmm. so much variety too. I mean, anything mm-hmm. you can think of. Yeah, so yeah. good. 
I always ask people that because they always say, well, I'm from Detroit. And I'm like, where are you from, you know? Yeah, we're not from Detroit proper. We're from the outskirts of Detroit. Right, metro area. Or any other city they ask about. Oh, I'm from L.A. or I'm from blah, blah, blah. See, when you move out of state, which I did after I graduated high school, I lived out of state for a little while. And down out there, it's like, where are you from? Well, you can't say I'm from Garden City. They're going to look at you like... What? So, what the hell is gardens? Exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's I'm from Detroit area. <laughs> I actually worked up north in Midland, and everybody asked me, "Where are you from?" And I kept saying Detroit, and they kept asking me, "Well, where? You know, where around Detroit?" No, I mean Detroit. Detroit. Yes. Yeah. Detroit. I actually started my life in Highland Park. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, and then... What was the name of the borough? Huh? Yeah. And then I lived in what they call Little Beirut, which was okay. Seven Mile and John R., yeah. which was Detroit. Nice. Yes, that is Detroit. So this yeah. is the kind of uh, neighborhood that they make movies about. <laughs> <laughs> saying they need to make a seven mile there, there's a murder at seven mile and jenna right now code blue you know yeah. <laughs> yeah so no it's nice though to see so many great things going on in detroit though nowadays you know and oh, there's yeah. still those areas but there's areas everywhere that are that are rough there really are oh that yeah are, that are, and and but detroit as a whole it's a great place People talk a lot of crap about Detroit, but compared to some they other areas, <laughs> you know, it, I can think of many areas that are much worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to put people down, but when I went to Columbus, Ohio, I thought it that was a shithole compared to Detroit. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, people live like this? <laughs> It's easy to talk a lot of crap when you don't live in an area, you know? I'm pretty yeah. sure he zoomed in my face since you guys said I was a Buckeyes fan. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching face. on the monitor to see if he zoomed right, in on right. me. I'm looking at that going, oh, no, there we go. That's just you, good that's camera it. work. I mean. You put the horns on him, right? Like, the what does he horns? think about Ohio? <laughs> I mean, picture this. I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I'm, I'm. Look at me. Do, do I look like somebody you're going to mess with? And then I got this guy that's like your size. And then I've got this other guy that looks like a gang member. And everybody's messing with us. Serious. Everybody is messing with us. You know, even little kids were messing with us. I'm like, holy crap. That's great. (laughs) It's like, I'm getting out of here. Oh, man. At least they're consistent, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I couldn't wait to get out of there. <laughs> well, you get a culture shock in Columbus, Ohio, I guess. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm sure it was the seedy end of town, but still, it was like, holy shit. <laughs> anyway, we should stop right now. We need to get this music in here. Oh. We just keep talking. I, I thought this was a music so, set. It's funny. The next song is beautiful. And you had a guest a couple weeks back, a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Um, what was his name? Jason? Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson. I remember. Robert Johnson, because a you, wonderful human being, yes. And you two were discussing the sun shining on rainy day. Yeah, the credence, clear, you know, have you yeah. seen the sun on a rainy and, day? So. And we were like, wait, he's like, wait, what did, what did he say? And I said, and so we were it like, was perfect. we were just engrossed <clears throat> and, and mm-hmm. we thought, well, that's ironic because... That's what we're going to be talking about when we come on. Yeah, we were like, we got to bring it up. (laughs) Who talks about that? You know, he thinks I'm crazy. That's the thing. So this song, the lyrics that I wanted were, you're the sun that's shining on my rainy day. Makes sense, right? Nice. 
dropped all that and went with the sun is shining on a rainy day. And I had some other band members that were like, oh, that's great. So they still message me anywhere if they're in a rainstorm and it's sunny. Mm -hmm. Dude, they message me every single time. It's beautiful. Yes, it is. With that, this song is beautiful. We thought that was Beautiful. All right. Let's do it. me off guard there's always one song where they do that <laughs> they always like to throw the ending there don't they right. this song we're actually uh beautiful we're really uh proud of we um 
That's going to be on the new one? It is going to yeah. be on the album, yeah. <clears throat> and we've actually won a couple awards with it. So Really? What what so kind of award? In 2018, we were nominated for a Josie Music Award. That's, oh, Josie. Okay. okay. So, yep. Heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think anybody in the independent music scene probably knows the Josie Awards. And so yeah, yeah. we were nominated. We went down to Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, Pigeon Forge, and went to Dollywood and did the whole big to-do. And we won for what was it a best pop group right adult contemporary pop group but for the song beautiful yeah adult contemporary and pop hey you'll take it whatever it's called oh yeah whatever the category cool little trophy (laughs) no matter and then was shortly after it looks pretty on the mantelpiece yes it does does. (laughs) (laughs) collecting dust (laughs) did we ever let jason have it no no we've seen how his drumsticks survive we didn't want to give him the glass of water we know what he would do with it We won a couple right at that same time for the same song, so it was, mm-hmm. it was neat. It was an experience. We were nominated the next year for something else, and mm-hmm. um, I think it was just a group award that we were nominated for. We still went down, made some good Had friends good down there in Tennessee, and but it's a great award show for independent oh, music. Oh, man, it's so incredible. Mm-hmm. Biggest there is, I think, so mm-hmm. it, was, it was a great time. So do you have a title for this new album yet? or We sure do. Jason, you want to do the honors? Out of Focus. Out of Focus. So there's a couple there's a couple reasons behind that, honestly. It's mostly a reflection on him, right? <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Always. Yes. They're just the out-of-focus guys. <laughs> so we love music movies, and we love Almost Famous and that thing you do. And in Almost Famous, the shirts that they print out, and they're like, well, we're just the out-of-focus guys. And so we always quote these lines. Mm-hmm. And then with all the time and all the challenges we faced going with this getting this album together and um just producing an album um now is this the first one for this is no, the yeah. first one for first us. ever yeah so you're like Finally. guns and roses 17 years in the making kind of thing you yeah. know? yes yeah. exactly we're going on 12 so <laughs> yeah yeah yep. so that's 100 we feel like out of focus really was like but, the and then perfect the perfect title, title. right yeah. and then the fact that it just so many different genres yeah. on one album it's weird yeah. Hmm. yeah, we jump every song is a little bit. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I don't even know. What the, some of them are pop, some of them are rock. Right. I don't know. There's even one it, we didn't put on this set tonight that is it's folk. Yeah. So, what do you know? Well, why not? It's okay. <laughs> if we have time. <laughs> yeah, if we have time, we'll put it at the if end. If I can shut up long we, enough, yeah. you, can, you can fit a song great. in there. <laughs> if we got time, yeah, we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Always got the guy in the background giving us. Come on, come on. So the next song, though, is that one. I can't read upside down. That's his writing. Uh, it's hard scratch. what do you pass? want? Hard yep. pass. Hard pass. Oh, I did get it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So this, this song's funny because it's such a common phrase. It seems like these days when somebody says hard pass on something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had these lines that I wrote about somebody I knew personally, and. Yeah. There's a line in there that I had. You just took written. a hard pass on him personally. Well, hard or? pass is what it, it was. Just a, a word phrase that I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that in there. It's gonna be part of it. But there was actually another segment of lines that said, "You're just a drunken trip down memory lane." <laughs> and without revealing, because okay. a lot of people are watching that we know. Um, this is about not you. Not that it's anybody that's watching, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that line, it, it, you know, because they constantly text when you're drunk and then they spill their guts and it's like, a, a, and it just was like, wow, you're just a drunken drip down memory lane. And that started this song and this song then segued into something totally different. So that's hmm. hard pass. Hard pass in a nutshell, hard right? Pass. Okay. So hard pass. Hard pass. All right. All right. Just a momentary fix to a permanent problem. You're just a drunken trip down memory lane. But I need a man who opens my door and has a five year plan. So come on, honey, get in the game. like that one thank you that's my favorite so far oh thank you i appreciate that what kind of music do you like oh god we don't have enough time for that <laughs> we really don't favorite artist do you we, have one nope yeah same. nope 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 um i'll go as quick as i can um i grew up in a household where my mom was into 50s doo-wop you know the yeah. Standard, you know, Shirelles yeah. and all that stuff. My father was from down south, 
So he was into rockabilly and country. My okay. grandparents were into jazz and blues. So we had wow. records up the yin-yang, um, things like Blue Note Records. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, Nobody? Nobody? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to be like, yeah, totally know what that is. Um, well, put it this way. like my, my grandfather was into things like John Coltrane, Miles okay. Davis, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Um, I had an uncle that was into classical music and Irish marching band music. Interesting. Okay. And my fam my me and my sister were the youngest ones of it. All our cousins were older. So my older cousins on both sides taught me about things like Woodstock music, Black Sabbath, and you know, the stuff that came out in the nice. late 60s and the early 70s. Okay. So imagine all of that by the time I was like age six or seven. Wow, yeah, that's some influences. And that was back when radio was real. Yes. You know, I, I don't know if you ever heard of CKLW radio mm -hmm. from the 70s. Mm -hmm. It was a top 40 station. Thank so imagine being able to hear John Denver, then Deep Purple, then George Clinton, then Black Sabbath, then Cool and the Gang, all within <laughs> wow. 20 minutes. Okay. And you get an idea yeah, of where my de background is. Definitely. All right. <laughs> yes. So that was back when music was, I don't know, it's, it's so much better yeah. then than it is now. Yeah, everything these days seems to be so auto-tuned and so fake and, and synthesized, and I don't know. I mean, there's right. still some great bands there out there. There are. There, there is. There but, are. It's, you but don't hear them. every rock band that comes out on WRIF now has to sound the same. Yeah. Every band that comes out on the country station has to sound the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's no, like, difference in anything. I know. We're trying not to be the same as everything else. Not, uh, what are purpose. your influences? Where, where, where do you come from? Well, my, I love Celine Dion. I'm sorry. I'm a belter. I ah, shit. I'm out of here. Mic drop. But I love I love. No, country. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but sad. I found out she won't be touring anymore. She's got problems. But anyway, mm. um, I love her. I love, I don't know. I, I grew up on a lot of 80s music. Which is good, is awesome. too. Yeah. You know, and I, I kept my love of music alive all the way until, like, the last 10, 15 years when it got too homogenized. Yeah, yeah. You we, know. That's, I, fi I find myself listening to a lot of... Now, I listen to some country artists, but I find myself... I can't stand most of the guys that come out these days. The men, the artists, they're mm -hmm. just not a big fan. But there's some good female artists that, that I like. Huh? What's that? What's that? Yeah. Rural country. Oh, yeah, Bro Country. I'm not a fan of Bro Country, but there's some good ones. I like that singer-songwriter style that some of these female artists have that have come out. But, you know, this one turned me on the Led Zeppelin. I know. I didn't listen to it before. But I like the class. <laughs> the stuff that I, like, ran away from as a kid, which was classic rock, I actually listen to a lot now. So Yeah. But I, but oh, yeah. I, I kept going, though. In, in the 80s, yeah. I, I embraced, like, British heavy metal, you know, like, Dio, Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah. In, in the 90s. Standards. I, in the 90s, I was moshing at, at the shelter with bands like Nirvana and Soundgarden. Right. Oh, you yeah. try to and stay all, current. I try to stay current you know, with what's going on. And all oh, that yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, I kept going. You, you have similar. Yeah, pretty much. Grew up on Motown. Yeah. And that, too. You know. Everything. Really, honestly, everything. Mm -hmm. Santana. 
John Denver. You ever seen Santana live? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. But I can imagine, though. Well, you better get on it. Sooner than later. I know. All my favorites are dying. I know. When he played in the (laughs) 80s, it was an evening with Santana. Mm. You go to Pine Knob. I'll never call it the other place. No, it never was. Pine Knob. Knob. His shows would start at, like, 7 o'clock. He would take a 10, 15-minute break and play till like 11.30. Wow, wow. Like that would be incredible. Hey, we got to get through two more songs here, people. I don't know if oh, we can do it I'm in gonna six minutes. I'm going to shut up now. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> All right, we're, gonna go, we're just going to play. All right. Do you want to so, do, uh, do, no, do no matter what you say so we don't miss it? No, I think... Is it going to go to eight or... We're going to go to eight. Yeah, we're going to go to eight. All okay. Right. I'm sorry about this. No matter what no, you say. No, I love but no, I enjoyed okay. the conversation. It's yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. I got to capo up real fast. So, what does that actually stand for again? No matter what you say. No matter what you yes, say. This is also on the album. <laughs> um, this one, you know, it's just a tell like it is, you know. It's it's about not taking it anymore. And I hate to use the lines of the song, but the song's pretty self-explanatory. So, yeah, it's one of our Kind of in your face and end a show kind of a song, right? A true encore. I like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
Yeah. Let's do it. All Let's right. do smile. 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 Joe, Jason, Mandy, Kyle, thank you so much for coming down to play for us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for Really enjoyed us. it. And hello to everybody who watched. We appreciate All it. All right. Hi, family. Let's go out with a bang. Take it away, drummer. Take it away. Repeat, smile.